The morning I found out my mother was dying, I was horrifically hungover. I'd just finished my finals for my master's degree, and I'd been out the night before celebrating in one of the tiny underground clubs in Bath, whose walls were permanently coated with sweat. It was May. I was looking forward to the summer, my dissertation the only thing standing in the way of me leaving this tiny but beautiful Georgian city. It had felt suffocatingly small since I had arrived there from Melbourne, where I had lived and worked for two years previously. A couple of months before my finals, my boyfriend had dumped me over the phone from Australia. Shortly after, I celebrated my 25th birthday. I felt bereft that I had reached this perfect mid-twenties mark, with only false starts to show for it. I was still waiting for my life to begin. I was riffing on this typical quarter-life crisis tale as I complained to a friend on the phone that morning, lying on the sofa, unshowered, in my underwear and a t-shirt, trying to ignore the waves of nausea that were rising from my stomach to my throat. We were speaking about Berlin, a city where he'd lived and where I was determined to move after I finished my dissertation. To me, it held all the promise of a European Melbourne, with the benefit of being much cheaper, much closer to home, and having much bigger clubs. My parents were exasperated by this idea. What's wrong with the UK? My restlessness made me seem to them directionless at best, work-shy and complacent at worst. That appraisal was echoed in the media. It was 2017 and millennials were the lightning rod generation for age-old cavils about young people. We just needed to quit moaning and get a better job. None of the difficulties we faced were actually real. When I hung up, I saw that I'd received a text from my dad. He and mum wanted to come to visit for the day. That was strange. They would usually meticulously plan their visits, driving down for when my favourite cafe opened at 8am. I'd meet them there, sleepy and almost always late. I can still picture them in their habitual corner spot, my dad reading a newspaper, my mum playing on her phone with her reading glasses on. She would jump out of her seat with her arms stretched wide open to grip me into an aggressive, loving hug when she saw me. This new spontaneity of visiting mid-afternoon was odd. My gut stirred but I brushed it aside as the churning stomach of someone who drank too much beer the night before. I lifted myself from the sofa and got in the shower, trying to pretend that everything was normal. When you tell a story, the presumption is that it's complete, that it ends. Narration shapes events and gives them meaning. The masters I had completed was in translation. I spent hours each week picking apart language, fine combing various registers of French and German texts, angsting over nuance and meaning. I read the theories on transposition and modulation, meaning loss and how to mitigate it. But loss, the theory warned me, was always inevitable. That's how it feels to write about grief. I can write about the beginning, the middle and the end of my mother's illness. I can write about her death. Yet, in giving it form or linearity, I will give you something inaccurate. If there is a beginning to the story of my grief, it would likely be that day in Bath, when I was told my mother was ill. She had been diagnosed with cancer for the third time in her life. What I didn't know then was that grief begins at diagnosis. 
That insight came when I spoke to the best-selling author and leading grief therapist, Julia Samuel, some time after my mother died. It suddenly made sense of that year when my mother was ill. I still moved to Berlin as planned, in the blind hope that we had time, and because she wanted me and my brother to continue living our lives. There, I did my best to adhere to what I thought it should look like for a 20-something to live in Berlin. From the outside, I succeeded. I functioned like any other young person. I still went out drinking, to clubs, to work, hooked up with people, woke up hungover, listened to podcasts, went on holiday, posted on Instagram, complained about work, about politics, about my salary. On the inside, I was in turmoil.